Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. Let's pray, and then let's uh, jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another great morning, God. I thank you for this community of believers and that we can do life together, Lord, and that we can study your word together, Lord, and uh, encourage one another and challenge one another to, uh, to press in and draw closer to you. And Father, our desire is that you be glorified and, honor and uh, honored in, in our lives and in the lives of our family, Lord, and, um, and also that, that your kingdom would expand and that more and more people would profess you as Lord and Savior and fall in love with you. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So we're in a sermon series called Challenge Accepted, and we're going to do this for the first half of the year. And for each month, we're going to focus in on a different, um, what would classically be called like a spiritual discipline. Now, early on, we talked about spiritual discipline may actually may be a, a little bit misleading. Um, I actually prefer something more like uh, spiritual exercise, really, um, simply because the goal is not a disciplined lifestyle. As noble as that is, the goal is not a disciplined lifestyle. The goal is actually to experience life transformation, right? Draw closer to Christ, right? Mature in, in, in our character, these kinds of things. That's the goal. To simply do the same thing day after day, is, is, that's not success, right? The success is transformation. So in January, we looked at fasting, and then this month, uh, we're going to be looking at prayer, but specifically prayer and Bible reading within the household. So um, I've read a, a number of books on church growth, and over the years have uh, developed some pretty strong opinions on books and church growth. Um, the ones that I consider just about worthless uh, are the ones where some author will give you lots of opinion, and maybe even theology, but no like practical real world experience they just they just tell you well this is how it ought to be done because they think that's how it ought to be done um the next category of books that's eh, slightly above worthless um are the ones that give you like their personal experience and their particular culture and their particular setting and their particular pastor and their particular gifting and they say well it worked for us this one time in this one setting we think it should work for you too because apparently church is just one size fits all to them, I guess. I don't know. Um, their one redeeming quality, though, those books, is that they can be inspirational, right? You read it and you get all happy. And you're like, oh, good things can happen. Yay. Um, the ones that I find the most helpful are the ones that say, look, we surveyed, we studied, you know, hundreds of churches and thousands of people, and, and here's the data, and perhaps there is something in here that, that can work for you, and oh, by the way, here's some scripture that, that, you know, really seems to be in line with what we found. Those are the books that I actually find helpful on, on these kinds of matters. For some of the challenges that we're going to be doing, at least for the, the first, couple, um, first couple months, um, I'm very indebted to a book titled The Spiritually Vibrant Home. We're actually going to be doing this in our small group. We talked about it this morning. If your small group is interested in doing this, let me know, and we can just order a, a whole batch of them. Um, but what happened was is that the, the Barna group, the Barna Research Groups, so this is a large research agency, and 
Lutheran Hour Ministries, I don't know who they are, but I guess they're Lutheran, um, they collaborated, they did the, this in-depth study on faith formation in Christian households. And then they called up just under 2,400 people and had a big long interview and then compared all the notes and looked for similarities. They found three. Or more specifically, they found like three categories and then they could kind of clump the findings under these three different categories. And the first category for spiritual vibrant homes was prayer. And more specifically, praying together daily and reading the Bible together weekly. The, uh, they unpack, or, you know, the author gives uh, some fascinating background, even just on the term households, like you kind of need to define that. Um, in the Old Testament, Scripture specifically mentions over 2,000 households, and in the New Testament, over 100 households. Um, and it's interesting because for them, like when we think of household, we think of nuclear family, right? Mom, dad, couple kids, maybe a cat, done, right? For them, household was much bigger. I mean, it is ex- in Scripture, right? When households are mentioned, it is extended family and relatives, and actually sometimes even just good friends, but it's a group of people who really kind of rally around uh, similar theology or, or kind of core beliefs and that kind of thing. It, in the New Testament, the litmus, the, the litmus test for whether or not a man is qualified to provide leadership in the church is whether or not he has provided good leadership in his household. That's how important household is to, to God. Um, 1 Timothy 3, 5, For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? Um, it's also very interesting because in the survey, um, people are in all different kinds of phases of life. And so when they talk about household, um, that included nuclear family household, That included roommate households, right? Some of you are getting ready to go to college, like you and a couple of your college buddies living together. I mean, that's household, a kind of household. A couple households, so no kids. Multi-generational household, single-parent household, grown-up nuclear family household, and then just other household, kind of the catch-all. And most, if not all, of their findings were consistent across all households. So... Whatever your life phase is, covered, okay? Like you were, you were incorporated in this. Here's their first finding. Households that relate to God together tend to do a lot together. Um, if you look at the slide, you can pull up the slide, and, and I know that some of these words will be, will be hard to, to see. Um, you're going to see, uh, there we are. The black line on the bottom, okay, no shared prayer or Bible reading. Red line on the top, shared prayer or Bible reading. And then on the bottom, they list all kinds of activities. The one on the far left, right, which is the highest number, that's eat dinner together. And then you're going to see, like, watch a TV show together, share feelings, go out to eat, play games, go on walks, play sports, right? The one on the far right that's the lowest is go to the park together. Um, and the one that has a really low dip on the black line is read books together. But what you will see, though, is that shared Bible reading or shared prayer and Bible reading is higher in every single activity. In every single category, households who do shared prayer Bible reading together also do other activities together. 
Now, in, in this one and, and in others, there is to, to just causation is not always known, right? Like we see a correlation, but causation, right? And it can be kind of a chicken and the egg type thing, right? Like, well, does the Bible reading lead to more shared activities or do shared activities lead to more Bible reading? Not sure kind of what caused what, but it's higher in all of them. One thing I pull out of this just is that it proves that shared prayer and Bible reading is linked to a healthy household. Like whatever your household is, shared prayer, shared Bible reading is linked to a healthy household that does a lot of stuff together. Um, it's also interesting because, you know, there, there may be this idea or this myth that, uh, you know, Christian families that like to do shared pri- prayer, Bible reading together, you know, like they're stuffy or they're boring or they're lame or, you know, that kind of thing. This actually shows just the opposite. I think that you could actually conclude from this that the family who does shared prayer and shared Bible reading is actually more fun than the family that does not. And so if you want to be the fun family, maybe worry less about the ping pong table and the trampoline and more about shared prayer and Bible reading together. Spiritually vibrant homes are fun and engaged households that value being present, interested, and engaged in the lives of each other. Second finding, having an extended household helps. Um, The first thing I would point out is that extended household is not just biological, right? These are friends, church friends, grandparents, aunts and uncles, right? The, The defining characteristic is others who connect with you on a spiritual level. And to be honest, right, sometimes family doesn't always connect with us on a spiritual level, right? Or that immediate family doesn't always connect with us. But having the extended family, other people who connect with you on a spiritual um, uh, level help. Christians need outside influence for robust faith formation. For children in particular, there is something important about relating to adult Christians who aren't your parents. The research suggested that if kids have relationships with five different Christian adults, they are more likely to stick with their faith in adulthood. Kids who have access or exposure to a minimum of five other Christian adults are more likely to stick with their faith in in adulthood. You and I need community. We need to be successful. You and I need to do this together and need to be in community. Hebrews 10.24, let us not consider, or let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the the day drawing near. Third finding. Before I give you the third finding, well, it's up there anyways, Um, let me give you an example and kind of a background on this. Um, When it comes to, I mean, fire department, but but even just many other areas of life, uh, one of my favorite sayings is that in time of crisis... You do not rise to the occasion, you sink to the level of your training. Meaning that, that when things get hard or things are chaotic, that's not your like best thinking. You actually just revert to what is primal, habitual, ingrained, rehearsed, done over and over, right? Sports has a similar thing, right? You perform how you train. Well, it turns out the same is true spiritually, which honestly is not that shocking, but relating to God together can prepare a household for tough times. Data shows a correlation between sharing 
spiritual habits in the home, and having each other's back when life gets difficult. When hard times hit, when people already have a practice of shared prayer and Bible reading, they are more likely to support one another. Uh, Households who already share a prayer life seem to step into the stream of urgent, emotional, mysterious, messy prayer that crisis calls for far more readily than the households who are triggered by the crisis to pray together for the first time. The habit that is established in normal times comes in handy in times of crisis. How you train is how you perform, especially in the hard times. Finding four. Um, this is one where I would, I, I would not have thought of this myself. Uh, I, I would not have conjured this up. But when I heard of it, I thought, oh, that kind of makes sense. The presence of children increases spiritual habits. Um, again, I don't know if, the, if you go to the, the graph, it's probably a little bit hard to read uh, some of those details. Um, on the right, you see a circle that is um, only partly closed, right? There's more gray space, it's more open, but then on the left, the circles are almost closed, so it's more complete. Um, on the left, you'll see that households with minors have higher rates of talk about God or faith, pray, read their Bible. Households with children in them have more spiritual conversations, pray more, read the Bible more. Last finding, leadership matters. These kinds of things don't just happen accidentally. They happen because someone was intentional about it. Again, uh, if you go to the slide, I'm not sure if you'll be able to, to read the details on this one. So we have all these different categories, right? Teaches me about the Bible, talks with me about God's forgiveness, sets an example, teaches me about traditions, encourages me to go to church, encourages me in other ways. I don't know if you can read it, but the number one person in every single category, grandparents. Every single category. Second category, the, the, the second most common is mom, third most common is dad. Which dads, maybe we need to unpack that a little bit. Not today, we don't have time. But the number one person that teaches me about the Bible, talks with me about God's forgiveness, sets an example, teaches me about traditions, encourages me to go to church, encourages me in other ways, grandparents. Don't you ever, for a second, believe that you do not have a role in the life of your grandkids. Do not say it. Do not think it. Because now I can prove to you otherwise. Alright, this isn't anecdotal anymore. I have data. Don't ever think that your influence is insignificant. Many of you are familiar with Proverbs 17, 6. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, and the glory of children is their fathers, right? So, you know, just kind of a neat connection between grandparents and grandkids. What we sometimes forget, 2 Timothy 1, 5. Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy is this influential church leader. And Paul writes this, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois. Grandma gets mentioned first. And in your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Timothy was shaped spiritually 
first and foremost by grandma, secondly by mom. If you are brand new to this, right, just starting from the ground up, here is the first thing that you need to know. And actually, this is good for everybody, actually. The authors, the authors of this book, it's very interesting to me, they very intentionally titled this one Messy Prayers. They did not call it Family Prayers, even though that would have been technically accurate in many ways. Um, they did not title it Prayers That Lead to, to Good Family Health. They did not entitle it The Importance of Prayer, right? All those things are true. They titled it Messy Prayers because of what they wanted to emphasize, and, and I think what, what they found in the research, though, is that it is okay to fumble your way into this, right? It, like, this is not going to be tight and clean and picturesque and whatever else. Like, this takes time to practice, and you're going to fumble your way into this, and that's okay. Um, I, I am not very good at ice skating, right? Like, that's just a disaster waiting to happen, Okay. Um, I fumble all over the place, but I know that if I wanted to get good, I would need to do lots of practice, and that lots of practice would just involve a lot of time of me wiping out. But I know that that's the path, right? Like, I know that between not good and good, there's a lot of wipeouts on the ice between here and there. That's just kind of how it works with anything between not good and good, right? You really only fail if you don't start and you don't try. So your challenge for this month, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a whole list of ideas. Pick one or two and lean in on it. And pick something that's probably going to be a little bit messy, right? Because if it's easy, no. Like, you're, like, no. Pick something that's going to be a little bit messy. And I'll print off like a list of this and give it to small groups next week. Okay, so, um, and, and they're not up there. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to read some of these to you. If you are brand new, starting from scratch, prayers, prayers as a family, reading Bible together, that kind of thing, just, just starting off. Um, one, spend a little bit more time just doing family things together. Like, re because remember that first thing that, uh, we realized it was just that, that correlation between spending time together and family prayers time together. Um, and so just spend more time together as a family, but also be intentional about some shared prayer or Bible reading. All right? So that, that's one area is just start doing some more things together. And if you are not doing any kind of prayer, then just insert an occasional short prayer into your life, bedtimes, meals, whatever, it could be something quick and to the point, or you, it could be like a memorized, scripted prayer, whatever, right? Like if there's nothing, then just plug in something. It doesn't have to be great, it just has to be something. Um, get some scripture up on your walls. Print some stuff off, get some posters, buy something at Hobby Lobby, get some dry erase markers, write something on mirrors and windows, and that kind of thing. Get some prayers, get some scripture up visually around the house. Um, buy a new Bible. <laughs> Sometimes you'll ask someone, be like, hey, like, do you guys have a Bible in the house? And they'll be like, yes. And then they show up with like this like four-inch like museum, King James, like nine generations of genealogy, right? Some kind of calligraphy you can't even read. Okay, that's not helpful, okay? Like get something that's nice to look at and easy to read. 
Um, from our personal experience, for, for Joe and I, some of the things that, that we do, um, we'll pray for the kids every night. We'll pray out loud so that they can hear us. Um, normally, it's just one or the other. We have very different prayer styles. Um, the, uh, typically, I just pray for the child. That probably needs to upgrade at some point to prayers of confession or praying for other people. Um, and also having them uh, do some more prayers. But right now, I typically just pray for the kids. Um, at mealtime, we've, we've split that up too. So each kid has a day of the week, right? Kate is Monday. Mike is Tuesday. Joe's Wednesday. Uh, I'm Thursday. Levi gets Friday. Um, and then for the other days, sometimes we do a family prayer. In my family, we have a, a prayer that, that we grew up with. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Amen. Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. Right? Been doing that for a few decades. Which, which leads me to a, another point. There is incredible value in scripted prayers. Um, the Lord's Prayer. Do the Lord. It's okay. Like, just take the Lord. If you've got to print it off so that everyone has a cheat sheet. Right? And just do that bef- before meals. I actually had a whole section written up on the value of scripted prayers, but I had to cut it out because I ran out of time. I didn't want to keep you here to like 1230. So maybe we'll cover, cover it later. But there's incredible value in using scripted prayers simply because it teaches us how to pray. And if you really like, like Google scripted prayers, like you can buy books, right? Or you can, I mean, um, uh, uh, there was one neat story. Um, I think it was uh, Rick Warren. There was a lady who was, uh, he was just like, man, her prayer's always so good. And finally asked her like, where'd you learn to pray? And she says, I, I, I prayed the Psalms and old hymns. And she did that so much. It, she taught herself how to pray using the Psalms and old hymns, right? So, incredible value in pre-written scripted prayers. Um, if those feel comfortable, take it to the, the next level. Um, as you interact with people, sometimes people will be like, oh, like, my day's been hard, my week's been hard. Sometimes they'll even throw in like, hey, pray for me if you, whatever, that kind of thing. Pray for them then and there, right? It doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be showy. No one has to, like, get down on their knees or whatever, that kind of thing. Like I, can li- like, I can literally stand beside you with my eyes open, it's okay, and do a quick prayer for you, just like there and in the moment. Just try that. Just be like, hey, well, hey, can we pray about that right now? Like, let me just do, you know, and just softly just do a quick prayer then and there. Um. Other ideas, you can speak or pray a blessing over people as you leave their home, right? May God bless you and give you what you need for, for the day. Um, any kind of special season, special event, maybe it's Advent, maybe it's Christmas, uh, maybe it's a family vacation, right? Some, take some kind of special prayer and associate it with that event. Whether or not, well, we always pray at this time or whether it's a scripted prayer, but somehow associate a prayer with that, that season or, 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 or that event. Um, also, you can use memorized, pre-written prayers, predetermined prayers for any of your routine events. Meals, driving to school, leaving on, on a road trip, going to work, starting the day, um, that kind of thing. Also, Sundays, go home, right? Talk about the sermon or Sunday school. What are two things you learn or remember or anything, right? Like, just initiate any kind of spiritual conversation, um, we've also done Proverb of the Day when we remember to do it. Um, Proverbs has 31 chapters. Most months have 30, 31, something in there. So whatever day it is, that's the chapter we're in. So today's the fifth. So we go to Proverbs 5, 
And then one person gets to pick out a verse. You know, okay, so-and-so, there's 21 verses. Pick a verse. Read the verse. And then, okay, you get first dibs at trying to explain what that means. Now, heads up, Proverbs does has a lot of warnings on, like, adultery. So just be careful about some of those. Um, prayer sticks. So crafty people, right, like get a jar and then get like a whole bunch of like popsicle sticks or something like that. And you, you write a prayer item on each stick, right? Grandparents, weather, government, whatever, new kid at school. And then you all draw a stick and then you pray for that thing during the day or the meal or whatnot, right? So you got, you have uh, prayer sticks. It was, I, I found it fascinating. The, what, what they included as kind of the the third kind of way to do this or kind of to take it to the next level was to incorporate other people. Like if you really want to ramp this up, you incorporate other people, which, eh, you know, that's maybe kind of scriptural when you think about it. Invite people into your home, host a special meal, event, and incorporate the shared prayer, the shared Bible reading, like, like host a prayer night in your home, host a Bible study in your home. And even remember, right, the, the previous findings about for kids, they need exposure, right, to at least five adults, okay? Take your household, and by household, it could be nuclear family, it could be your roommates, it, it could be just you and a group of friends. Take your household on a spiritual retreat. And there's more stuff on this coming, but we're actually planning uh, kind of an organized spiritual retreat up to, to Schuyler, to the, to the Benedictine uh, center there and so we're working basically we just have to find dates that that they have enough space so as a church we're going to make that an available event sometime this spring but take your household on a spiritual retreat as a family or as a household uh volunteer somewhere right vacation bible school go on a short-term missions trip uh if you want to focus in on prayer say i want to volunteer at bbs but we're just going to man uh, we're just going to do prayer the whole time no one's going to turn that down. That's fantastic, right? We'll take that. Um, host a movie night and watch a faith-based film, uh, like The Chosen or something, or, or, or host the Alpha program in your house. That's a great outreach evangelistic um, tool. Um, and last, be intentional about multi-generational. Get people of different ages and generations praying together and listening to, to, to each other's prayers. In, in business, there is a, a strategic question, and that is, what is your unfair advantage, right? So you're going to make widgets or sell a product or something like that. Or if you want to go into business, what's your unfair advantage, right? Meaning that you can make them cheaper, or you got connections, or you're really good at this, or I don't, you know, you know how to sell more, or you can get some stuff free, right? Whatever it is, if you're going to go into this business, if you're going to initiate and do this thing, What's your unfair advantage as you enter, enter into that, that business run? If you're going to initiate and eventually become good at messy prayers, what is your unfair advantage? First is that because of Jesus, you have direct access to God the Father. Direct, like there's no intermediary, secretary, got to work through, got to schedule direct access you walk in the door whenever you want ephesians 2:18. for through him we both have access in one spirit to the father the holy spirit intercedes for you 
prays to God the Father on your behalf, Ephesians 2.18. For through him we both have access um, in one spirit to the, to the Father. Um, oh, there's another one I forgot to write down about the Holy Spirit interceding for us. Um, also, we have Jesus interceding for us, Christ Jesus, um, who is at the right hand of God, intercedes, is interceding for us. Jesus modeled prayer for us through the Lord's Prayer, uh, literally gave us a script to memorize and to follow or to use as a template. We have multiple prayers recorded in scriptures that we can repeat or tweak for our own use. We have the entire book of Psalms, so that's 150 to just get you started right there. Um, And lastly, in most cases, your household wants this to work. Right? Like you're not going to find a lot of places where someone in your household is very, you know, says, I don't want this to work. In most cases, your whole household wants this to work. Folks, I don't care if you're good at this. I just care that you try. Um, yeah, we, we, out of all that stuff that, that we've listed, just pick something and we'll have the list next week if, if you want the more thorough list. Just pick something and lean in on it. Uh, let me end with this, Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. Now this is the commandment, the statute and the rules, that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land when you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you, your sons, your son's son, by keeping all of his statutes and his commandments, which I have commanded you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord your God of your fathers has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. for the invitation for prayer. God, we thank you that we have direct access, that we can speak directly to you. We thank you that, that Jesus intercedes for us. We thank you that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. We thank you for all the examples that you give us in Scripture. Lord, for those of us here today, Father, that we would lean in on this. And um, just whatever level everyone is at, uh, to just pick pick something new and lean in on it just a little bit, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We're so very thankful. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.